Frito's so fat she can't clean herself real well back there. Mm. I'm like, oh, you're going to make me get the paper towel, aren't you? Aren't you? And possibly scissors. I... Mm -hmm. Clean yourself, woman. Clean yourself. Uh, come with me. And you'll be... <laughs> I feel that. Are we ready to go already? Let's do it. I know RC is hungry. I know, RC is <laughs> Hi, kids, it's Candy Coat and Razor Blade. I'm your host, Bob, and I love candy, but my pancreas does not. <laughs> and here are my co-hosts, Tiffany and RC. Please introduce yourselves. Hi, everyone. I'm RC, and I also like to, you know, surprise crowds with sudden gymnastics. <laughs> Come with me, and you'll be in a world of kid evisceration. <laughs> Take a look and you'll see vivisections. If you want to view Scaradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to, you do it. Want to slay the world? There's nothing to it. Hi, I'm Stephanie. <laughs> Yay! Your voice is lovely. Oh, thank you very much. I was gonna like I was gonna legit do like a nice parody, but I I uh, got drunk watching Captain Marvel with my mother last night, and time got away from me. It's okay. It's quite all right. So today, kids, we're doing something a little bit different because people would not expect this. People don't, and I don't know why people don't expect this. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is what we're talking about, kids, today. And it is a fucking horror movie. I'm going to tell you that right now. And we're going to talk about it. All about it. Five Traumatized generations. About it. Seriously. Seriously. Those kids did not survive. <laughs> they did not survive. None of them. In the remake, yeah, you saw them at the end. There was no body count. But in this one, you didn't see those kids. Nope. They're gone. They're yep. gone forever. And he... Charlie's like, what happened to those kids? He's like, That's where Waverly Hills got the idea for a death tunnel. Right? Cannon accepted. <laughs> I mean, and this this movie has been parodied so many times. Oh God, yes. Family Guy did it. American Dad did it. So he Seth MacFarlane's done it twice now. Um, just all over the place. You you know you see Oompa Loompa references and mm -hmm. that's some slavery shit. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like. Ugh. Oh my god. Archer. Archer, yep. Yep. Everywhere. Everywhere this this movie. Okay, so this <laughs> movie another reason that we're talking about it. Hang on, is, he's flipping to page five I of know, his right? notes. <laughs> well, I only had three talking points, and one of them we're already doing. Why are we talking about this on a horror podcast? Uh the next one, the boat scene, which we will talk about later, is number seventy-four on Bravo's one uh one hundred scariest movie moments. Amen. It fair. deserves it. Oh, yes. Absolutely fair. Okay. 
And the film itself is listed as number 25 in Entertainment Weekly's top 50 cult films of all time. Okay. So I'm down with that. Yeah. This movie has left a lasting fucking imprint. But people see it as this harmless kids movie. And I'm sorry. Kids movie, sure. Harmless. No. (laughs) This movie is traumatizing. It is scary. I was frightened of this movie as a, as a kid. And I was more frightened of the goddamn hour that it took to actually get into that fucking factory. Oh, my God. Uh, the this beginning is a long of this movie. movie is a fucking slog. Yeah. The, the first terror of the movie is pacing. The, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of, I, I appreciate in the past year or two that I've been seeing a lot of Uncle Joe hate appear on the internet. Yeah. About how... Where it's like, oh, suddenly I can walk. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I've been bedridden this whole time. Fuck you, oh, bitches, I'm out! <laughs> right? <laughs> I talk about that specifically when we get to it. <laughs> Fuck, man. Grandpa Joe and his fucking muscle atrophy can eat it. <laughs> so, shall we dive into cast and crew? For show. Sure. That's okay. literally the first page. Okay. The whole first page. I know, the whole page. first page, I know. Uh, there's a lot to this one. So, 1971, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The director was Mel Stewart. Uh, he did Mean Dog Blues, Ruby and Oswald, and One is a Lonely Number. He's mostly a producer. Uh, the cast, Gene Wilder. If you don't know who Gene Wilder is, watch a movie at Go some point in your chew life. chew on some gravel, because I don't want to know you. Seriously, Mel Brooks like used him in everything. Blazing Saddles, oh, Young Frankenstein, The Producers, everything. He's amazing. He's a comedy god, and we should all be paying attention to the work that he did when he was alive. He's He and Gilda Radner, that is the Hollywood love story oh, of Oh my forever. gosh. <laughs> and he, he was a gem of a human being. He absolutely oh, ab- was. Definitely. Him Truly. and Gilda Radner. Oh my god. I, uh, god, I heard she died, and I'm like... <gasps> She was so young. Yeah. And it broke Gene. It broke oh, him. Oh, yeah. He, like, retired after she died and came back for a couple of episodes of Will and Grace. And that's all he did mm-hmm. after she died, really. Uh, he was kind of like um, the Rick Moranis situation. Yeah. Um, where, you know, the love of your life is, is dying mm-hmm. or, or has died. And it's just like, I can't, I can't cope with that and this. Yeah. And that's perfectly understandable please mm-hmm. take care of you i don't need you to burn yourself out entertaining me what you do what you did what you do rick moranis what you did and eugene weiler while you were alive was a job it's not worth killing yourself over please take care of yourself and do you know or did you hear about why he kind of pulled away the last couple of years of his life hmm Oh, are you ready to cry because no. you love Gene Wilder so much? No, you're ready to hear this. He was in the beginning phases of dementia. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And he was like, I'm pulling away from public view because kids still come up to me and recognize me as Willy Wonka. And I do not want there to be a moment oh, God, where yeah. I don't remember that and oh, I no. ruin their their moment of seeing me oh no oh yeah oh no he was an angel brought to this earth yes oh that that man yes uh yeah i've got chills all over my body i know i'm like oh oh that's we we love eugene and we love you with all of our heart we do and why why are the ones we love just stricken with gross why 
just the the best people just end up dealing with the worst shit. Yeah. Madeline Kahn, she hers was breast cancer, yes? Um cervical, I believe. Cer- okay. Some form of cancer. Very fast. Yeah. Yeah, and same I believe it was the same with Gilda. Mm-hmm. Or either that or that was some kind of pain. Very similar. Very similar fast yeah. fast metastasizing can- yeah. cancer. And then Gene and then uh, you know Terry Pratchett Terry I've been watching Pratchett. Good Omens. Yay! Oh, Super good. Oh, I love that show. We're on episode three. We just finished episode three. Okay. We're taking it slow. Okay. So I'm waiting for episode four where I know what happens. I just sauntered vaguely downwards. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. I, so, all right. We're Anyway, um, I will say for the role of Willy Wonka, Gene Wilder, by the way, who was also in The Adventure of Sherlock Holmes' Smarter Brother, which is an amazing fucking movie that everyone needs to find. Mm -hmm. Nobody can find it anywhere. Uh, But for the role of Willy Wonka, all all six members of Monty Python were after that role. They were considered for it, but none of them were big enough names yet. So they gave it to Gene Wilder. Um, Well, uh, sorry, Monty Python, but they made the right choice. In a big way. (laughs) I'm sure that any of you would have been good. It's it's iconic, but <laughs> and he brought so much to that role. Yeah, so much. In fact, little piece of trivia: him coming to that role was dependent upon whether or not he could make that entrance. That was his choice mm-hmm. to come in with the cane, acting like he's crippled, and then do the somersault. And you want to know why? I'll tell you when we get to it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Jack Alberson, who played Grandpa, Grandpa Joe, he was in Gunsmoke, The Streets of San Francisco, and The Poseidon Adventure. Peter Ostrom as Charlie Bucket, literally only this movie and documentaries about this movie. Yes. That's the only thing he's ever done. He said, I don't like this. I don't want to do it again. Reasonable. Yep. And now he's a large animal vet somewhere. Uh-huh. And Michael Bolner, who played Augustus Gloop, same thing. Yep. Yep. Um, Diana Sowell, who played Mrs. Bucket, she only has four credits. Uh, she was in this, Clear and Present Danger, Guarding Tess, and a crap load of Fallout 3 voiceovers. It's a weird jump between I things, know. but okay. There you go. Uh, Roy Kinnear, who played Mr. Salt, uh, Hound of the Baskervilles, Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo, and On a Clear Day You Can See Forever. Uh, Julie, Julie Dawn Cole, Veruca Salt, tons of British TV. Uh, pa- the movie Paganini Strikes Again, but really it's just this and Paganini are, the, are, are her only movie roles. Everything else is British TV. I think she's still on emergency, or was until it, until it ended. Mm. Um, Leonard Stone, who played Mr. Beauregard, was in I Spy, Soylent Green, Lost in Space. Denise Nickerson, uh, who played Violet Beauregard, The Electric Company. Uh, lots more TV other than this. Not uh, I think she did one TV movie, uh, but she retired from acting in 1978 to become a nurse. Neat. So, uh, Nora Dodo Denny uh, was Mrs. TV, and I spelled TV wrong. I apologize for that. Um, it's TV. Wait, wait it out yourself in front of people who can't read. I know, right? We're not saying our, our listeners can't read. They oh, just well, can't yeah. read this paper <laughs> yeah, in they, front they of can't us. See. They can't read the thing they that we're looking at where it's spelled wrong. Right. Uh, but she was in Truman, Splash, The Witching Hour, and American Hot Wax. Paris Themen, Mike TV, uh, voiceovers and Macross Plus, otherwise just a few small parts, and, and did a, a couple of episodes of Jeopardy. Weird. I, I think it was a celebrity Jeopardy thing. But um, anyway, uh, Ursula Reit, uh, Mrs. Gloop, so many German movies, 
So many. Uh, same with Gunter Meissner, uh, who played Mr. Slugworth. Also, just so many German movies mm. that most of us will likely never have seen. Right. Because they're German and the titles are in German and I don't speak German. So, I mean, I'm down for a foreign film, but I don't actively seek out German cinema. Maybe I should. I mean, give me some ideas, possibly. Um, the budget for this. I know that we've talked about budget before. We don't normally, but I just kind of wanted to bring this up in, in comparison to uh, The Changeling, where we where we said that had a budget of a million. Uh, this had a budget of three million. The remake, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, had a budget of $150 million. So that tells you... <laughs> Where we're at in terms of movie budgets and special effects and things like that. Right. You know, and special and inflation, even. Uh, the box office for this, uh, while it was in theaters, was $4 million. However, even today, it's still making about 40000 a week in DVD and Blu-ray sales. Because it's that popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't when it came out. People didn't like it when it came out. This, Gene Siskel gave it a thumbs down. Hmm. He hated it. He, he said, you know, you waited too long to get into the factory and then it was a letdown. He said it looked cheap. I'm like, you know what? You look I, cheap. Can, I can agree with the first part. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with the first part. Um, but yeah, it was... No, I, I didn't care that it looked cheap. I don't care that it looks cheap even now. I was a kid when I was watching it and I enjoyed I it. Don't I think don't it looks think cheap. it looks cheap. Some of it looks inflatable. Some of it looks, you know, like, like the mushroom the, he sticks his, his cane in to make an umbrella. You can tell that that's foam. Sure. But and other than that. The, the water is just clearly kind of dyed brown. And it does isn't, ha- it did and have isn't, some cocoa powder. And it isn't, surprise, real chocolate. Right, surprise for us. Like, but get the fuck out. Like, that's. Really? Yeah. That was water. This is the hill that you're going to die on? I know. I know. That was water, food coloring, and and some cocoa powder. So there was chocolate in it. It was just otherwise dirty water. <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, are we ready for plot? Shall we? Because there's a lot of it, kids. There's a lot. Uh, plot. In a small town, intentionally left vague, by the way. Hmm. Intentionally. They didn't want him to know where Charlie was from. I don't remember if they said that in the book. Either. They didn't. They didn't. I think um, they say it's in England, but I think that's it. Oh, that's because Roald Dahl was yeah. English. So... Um, Roald Dahl, who famously hated children. Which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Because he's an amazing he's children's author. He's an amazing author. children's author who <laughs> always puts his children, especially the ones that behave badly, in bad situations. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> in a small town, Charlie Bucket, a poor paper boy whose father had passed and mother works in a laundry to support all four grandparents, Grandpa Joe, Grandma Josephine, Grandpa George, and Grandma Georgina, Watches a group of kids visit a candy shop and stares in at them like a lost puppy begging for a bone because it just wouldn't do for them to fucking share or anything. Particularly since the shop owner is singing the candy man and just handing out free candy like uh, candy. Seriously, those little fuckers are like piranha. Oh my, oh. Yeah. Wow. Just hands in the jars. I'm like, that is unsanitary. (laughs) But also what any child would do if they were 100%. given that situation. Because oh. they, they, these kids were given free reign. Yeah. I'm like, how do you make money? Do you do this every day? He makes money by charging the poor ones. True. <laughs> uh, right? Ah! <laughs> ah! Uh, uh, discrimination. So, like, it's it's one of those half jokes. <laughs> only not really. Right. Like, so walking home from finishing his paper route, where he is excellent with that paper. 
Oh, He's very much so. Shot. Like in the fish bucket, in the basket with the flowers. This is the lady going, sorry, visual medium. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably so good at it because he's had had to work since he was like three. Right. And has really, really he's surprisingly had the time. close to retirement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's just so happy that he gets to bring home money for Grandpa Joe for his smokes. So, uh, so he pa- finishing his paper out, he wa- passes Willy Wonka's chocolate factory and watches the sign light up for the night. A mysterious and fucking creepy tinker shows up goddamn silently behind Charlie, freaks him the fuck out by reciting the first lines of William Allingham's poem, The Fairies. He tells Charlie that nobody ever goes in and nobody ever comes out and then jangles his fucking way into the night. Which leaves me wondering if he just hit the smooth part of the fucking cobblestones or something because he just came in out of fucking nowhere. (laughs) Jingle jangles into the night. I, I do want to point out I do want to point out, listeners, like ignoring the amazing callback to Jingle Jingle. <laughs> that everything that that Bob just said is not improvised. It, that is, in fact, exactly what he wrote down ahead of time. <laughs> yes, including the, uh, which leaves me wondering if he just hit the smooth part of the fucking cobblestone section. I'm All not, written down. I'm not hilarious. great at improv, okay? <laughs> Charlie rushes home to his widowed mother and bedridden grandparents because those cleavers and shit looked rusty and dull and he didn't want to get eaten. Later that night, Charlie tells his Grandpa Joe about what the tinker said and Grandpa Joe reveals that Wonka locked his factory because all the other candy makers, including his rival, Arthur Slugworth, sent in spies to steal his recipes. Wonka disappeared, but after three years resumed selling candy! Sorry, I'm trying to do the whole campfire ghost story thing. It's not working. The origin of Wonka's labor force is unknown, and that's spooky as hell. Well, yeah, because he harvests midgets from Phantasm. Uh, yeah, he does. I also just want to state that if a dude named Slugworth was selling candy, I wouldn't buy it. You know. That's so a terrible name. Here's the thing. Yes. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> if a dude named Slugworth was selling candy and it had the same appeal as the Reptar bar where it was supposed mm. to dye my tongue green, then yeah. I 300% would be buying that candy. All the time, everywhere. <laughs> okay, that is absolutely fair. <laughs> that isn't, you know. And kids like gross. Yeah. They do. The kids love gross. So Slugworth is, I mean, I would you eat should gummy, see the kids. I would eat gummy slugs, are you kidding me? They sell them at Universal Studios. The jelly slugs at at Harry Potter because they have the um, Hogsmeade the candy right. store there. So yeah, Ch- chocolate frogs, the slugs, the roaches. Yep, all of it. And kids like gross, and they are buying all of it. Mm. They want Birdie Bot's beans. They want the booger flavored ones. Ew! Oh my god, it's so gross, but it's still sugar. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day. Wonka announces that he has hidden five golden tickets in chocolate Wonka bars. Finders of the tickets will receive a factory tour and a lifetime supply of chocolate. And thus begins our fascination with the abject conspicuous consumption and greed of the random corporate contest. The, four, the first four tickets are found by the gluttonous Augustus Gloop from Germany, the pride of Germany, the, the spoiled Veruca Salt from England. I want it now, daddy. Uh, the gum-chewing Violet Beauregard from Montana. Suck it, Cornelia Prince Metal! And also the source of so many inflation kinks. Uh, and the television-obsessed Mike TV from Arizona, who is also a bit gun-obsessed. A little bit. 
All right, so let's stop there. Uh, I know it's a weird place to stop, but uh, we've already gone through a third of the movie at this point. Yes. <laughs> I, I do want to point out, because hmm. it ties two things that we've already talked about together. Yes. Uh, there is currently a headcanon going around the internet <laughs> that Willy Wonka is a Hogwarts-trained wizard. Oh, he probably is. And <laughs> uh, he had to go on trial in front of Albus Dumbledore <laughs> and the rest of the Wizarding Council. Oh, uh, no. for, I'm so in love with this story. I need to find this. For all of these, I, I will find it by the time this Thank episode's you. over. Um, <laughs> he has to go on trial for all the things in his factory, and he's like, well... It looked like I broke wizarding laws. However, <laughs> the golden tickets were only visible by people with wizarding blood. <gasps> the whole thing is amazing. <laughs> Headcanon accepted. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, we're such nerds. Um, all right. So first, I'm, I'm Googling it now. So yay. go on about whatever you wanted to talk about. So, Love it. Poor Charlie. Cheer up, Poor Charlie. Oh my God, that song stop. That, no, that is that is the that is the one part of the non factory mm-hmm. that I thoroughly enjoy. Like there, there's been times that like I fast. I've I I didn't even watch the movie this week because I've watched it so many times that I I could quote the thing. Yeah, and I um will always stop for Cheer Up Charlie. Oh, every time. Cheer Up Charlie is beautiful. Cheer Up Charlie, to me, um, just from that, you know, and this, I, we're going to go completely nostalgic goggles here, mm-hmm. this this whole thing. Um, but this, that song, Cheer Up Charlie, and um, Dumbo, the song from Dumbo. Baby Mine? Oh, God. Baby Mine. Both of them. Wrecked every time. Oh, yeah. Every time. Because I, I, when we're talking about Cheer Up Charlie, it is, she just wants the best for her little boy. And she's she, trying so hard. She she's wants doing to be everything. Happy. She's a single mom. You know, she's in as much pain as he is because, you know, she lost her husband. It's not really dealt with at all, except, you know, through that song. You know, she's just like, I'm doing the best I can. Please cheer up. Please be happy. That's all, that's all mom wants. You know, and that song is just... So indicative of the entire Charlie Bucket experience through this movie, even at the factory, even at the factory, because he's trying to be just this earnest, happy kid. Mm -hmm. But he also knows that his family is in deep financial straits. They're so poor. You know, they're living on cabbage water. Not soup. Water. I think they call it soup. No, no. They call it cabbage water. Really? Yeah. It's like, I don't want cabbage water. Here, I brought home chocolate. Or no, he brought home bread because he got oh, paid. And yeah. they were like, and, and that's when Grandpa Joe's, you know, when he hands over his the rest of his pay for Grandpa Joe's tobacco, uh, which is like a nickel. Because, you know, it's it, this is, you know, the early 70s. Once again, such a dick, Grandpa Joe. I know. Right. And he, Well, Grandpa Joe's like, no, I don't know. When when Grandpa Joe specifically says, when bread looks like a feast, I think I can give up smoking. Yes. So Joe True. was trying to do the right thing, but Charlie, Charlie's like, no, I care about you. You enjoy it. Have something you enjoy and make me happy doing that. The most selfless little boy right. in the world. In the world. It, it 
breaks my heart, which is another reason why I enjoy this movie so much, mm-hmm. because you're kind of introducing kids to pathos in this case, it, because in a, in a lot of kids movies, you don't deal with it. You, 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 yeah, the kid maybe has some problems, but he's still got mom and dad that love him. And, you know, they, they're not dirt poor. Yeah, they're not living six on, people in a one room with a bed right they're not living on legitimate scraps you know they're not like grandpa joe said looking at bread like it's a feast um you you rarely deal with that level of poverty and mm-hmm. i mean like natty gan was a homeless kid i get that you know but this is just the lowest of the low and yet all of them all of them Except for, I think, maybe Grandma Georgina. Just, and Grandpa George was grumpy. But all of them had as happy an outlook as they could get. Yeah. yeah. You know, they knew they were in bad in a bad situation. But they were still relatively happy because they were together. Which is another lesson that it, it's great to learn. However, I also enjoy actual food. You know, nutrition is important. And nutrition just, bad nutrition just makes things worse. Right. You know, poverty is expensive, kids. You know, if you can't afford to buy, to buy toothpaste now, you're going to pay for a root canal years down the road. Mm-hmm. Living is expensive, but poverty charges interest. It does. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you. That That is, wow. I'd never heard that before. I don't remember where I read it. I wish I could take credit for it, but I can't. Uh, well, I, yeah. I, I. Whoever said that, we love you. Yes. Because that is 100% gospel truth. Um. But, but Cheer Up Charlie is just this beautiful song about a mother who only wants her son to be happy. And he is, kind of. I mean, he, he gets really excited. He, get, he gets, you know, she doesn't want him to get his hopes up because, you know, you're not always going to get what you want. They are relatively realistic in that. But he's still, he's still earnest about life. He, he still enjoys life. He's still a little boy. He's still like, I can fix it. I can make things better. I can make, I can be a better person to make my family more comfortable. And I love that. I love that about this movie. However, then we have to deal with Knife Dude. Yeah. Knife Dude. All of two minutes in this fucking movie, and he's already creeped my shit out. Seriously. Where the fuck did he come from? Just... Like, is he part housekeeper? <laughs> <laughs> he, used, he used the flu network, didn't you know? Uh, he, he apparated. <laughs> he, the, one of the knives is a port key. And mm. he just, just blipped the whole there. Thing with him. There you yep. go. Boop. <laughs> Fucking knife dude. Ugh. He's just like that one dude in every in every fucking horror movie. The dude that works at the general store, the janitor at the college in, in friggin' Urban Legend, the the creepy dude that you always think is behind shit. He's that and guy. to an extent is, but right? is not. Right. Right. He's that dude, only he has no other part in this movie. <laughs> He's like, I'm in the wrong movie. What am I doing here? <laughs> but I just happened to know I was, everything. I was told this was a deep throat audition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, not that kind. Oh. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it was that time period. <laughs> Once again, Bob is a broken boy. <laughs> He's referring to Watergate. <laughs> yes. No, <laughs> my my head went to porn. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was with a child. <laughs> it just means the kid's not gonna know what he's talking about. It's a joke for the adults. <laughs> I'm in the wrong place. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about these fucking kids. Fuck these, these kids. Oh, these kids. All of them. You mean Worthless. the seven deadly sins incarnate? Right? All in the parents like included. Like the larva form? Right. No, I I did um I did a stage version of this that mm-hmm. had more songs in it. Mm-hmm. And um I saw some clips of that from the London show today. Oh. Ooh. See, I haven't seen anything from that. This was before the London show came out. Like in 2010, I think is when I did it. And I was Mrs. Gloop and I had a song that I swear to God was just, I love food. Pretty much. And that's all all I did was just list food. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that the one that contained the song that Augustus sang that basically implied that he ate his father? I don't think that we had that. It may have been in there, but the director also like clipped and yeah. fixed oh. like cheer up charlie wasn't in it so he put juicy? cheer up charlie into it huh was, was the song juicy in it no okay we'll talk about it later okay it, just some amazing changes for the stage show because it's on broadway or was on broadway very recently maybe um either that or it's still in testing because i know that it's been playing in london mm. yeah um, i just don't know how recently and i want to see it because the what i saw today was amazing but these fucking kids all right so, Augustus fucking Galoop. I love me some candy. I do. I like chocolate. I like sausage. I like pizza. I like food. Many of those things weren't candy. They weren't. <laughs> they were not. Just, I, 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 I was getting out. to the food <laughs> thing. I, I was getting to the food thing. Um, in the book, Augustus Galoop is a whole lot fatter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is like, but by the by nineteen seventy standards, but I that to, kind of is, yeah, yeah. That I mean, wh- that was when you know the body mass index started coming out, and yeah, he was a fat kid. Yeah, he was he's a sturdy kid. kid. Yeah, he is. Um, he's not as he's not as fat as the book would portray him, but that's fine because he's yeah. still bigger than the other kids, and he, he pulls it off well, right? Um, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't care. How much you like food. Wipe your fucking face. Yeah, there's that. Wipe your goddamn face. You look like the bottom at a Shiza convention. Woo! We went there. We did. He said words. <laughs> Hang on. I have questions. Would they be the bottom? Or would that be the top? I don't know. Pretty sure... The bottom, I don't know. I just have a feeling that if it was a Shiza convention, it would be everywhere. And there would be corn. But no, so I'm sorry. You can like food as much as you fucking want. Wipe your goddamn face. There's no need for you to be a messy pig. I'm a pig. I will eat and eat and eat meat and eat. And my pancreas hates me for it, but I keep my fucking mustache clean. 
wipe <laughs> your goddamn face. Manners, Outside of like a kink scene. I don't do that kind of kink. I didn't but, suggest that you did. True. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Manners maketh man, kids. Remember Kingsman. Good advice there. Manners maketh man. Wipe your goddamn face. All right. So, Veruca Salt. That's so popular. Worst. Oh, she's the worst of all of them. So popular, though, that she got a band named after her, which are wonderful. The I love her. The hatred I had for this girl, though. Oh, everybody did. What do you mean had? Had well, is past I mean, tense. I mean, like, as I've grown up, I could, I, I've gone to more not giving a shit mm. about her. But when I was a kid, especially like when I was in the heat of my bullying, like I, oh, would, yeah. I didn't get bullied. I got bullied. bullied. I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was in the heat of getting bullied by little bitches like her. I oh the hatred I had for her. Oh, mm. that little girl in both versions. I do love her song though. Oh, her song right is now. really good. Yes, I want it's the world. I want the whole world. Right. But no, Veruca Salt is the epitome of spoiled little brat. Mm-hmm. She is the distilled essence of spoiled brat. She's got a whole factory of women working for her uh-huh. to find this ticket. Mm-hmm. Costing her father money. So much money. Because they're normally, what, shelling peanuts? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, so they're normally a, actually making him money. They're not doing that. No. He has to pay them. And he has to buy the, the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, and then she takes credit for finding it. Now, yeah, that was the that whole point. That is completely on brand. She took credit for finding that thing. Um, this little girl, she is the only one of the children to have her own song. Hmm. In the movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because she's a spoiled little brat. Because she took it. She took it. Yeah. Because she will not only force you to give her something, if you don't give it to her, she's going to steal it. Which is what she tried to do later in the movie. Which is why she got her own song. She's a bad fucking nut. Yep. Yep. I And we'll get into it later. They, they did change this movie for her. But they they kept the the book for the original. We'll get to it when we talk about it later. Um, and then Mike TV. Ugh. He's he, my number two on the hate scale. Oh, he's yeah. my number two on the hate scale because he's also a spoiled brat, but he's a lazy spoiled brat and a violent yeah brat. Super violent in the remake. Yeah. Oh Super, yeah, yeah. It, it, they try. It's like they tried to take him and make him the epitome of video games cause violence. Yeah. In the remake. Right. Which is not true, by the way, kids. Zero they do percent not, accurate. Neither do horror movies. They do not make you more violent. They might make you a little bit more creative with your violence. <laughs> but they're not going to make you more violent. Okay. But the thing with my TV in this one is just like, you're interrupting my television with this. I don't even fucking care. Why did you make me care about this? Here's your fucking ticket. Give me the tour. I want to go back to my TV. Yep. Until he finds the TV. Until he finds the TV. Later on. He is the lazy brat. The one whose mom is just going to take care of him forever. Um, in the musical. Hilarious. Um, b- both parents of all of them are in the musical. 
Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, Wait. Except for Augustus Gloops. Okay. Except for Augustus Gloops, because it is implied that he ate him. Right. Um, Sometimes you need a snack. I know, like, right? Like an entire person snack. Great, fine. Um, but with, and the play, the London play, is so much more violent. Like those kids, it's implied they don't survive. It's actually implied they don't survive this time around. Like, Violet Beauregard explodes. Hmm. It's basically uh, so said, we can put her back together and after they juice the pieces. I have another question. Hmm. Do you know what implied means? <laughs> uh! <laughs> well, no. Again, like, like I said, afterwards, after she explodes, he says, we can put her back together again. Or we should be able to put her back together again after we juice the pieces. Because it's a magic chocolate factory. Hmm. So... Yeah, but the, the stage show now is a whole lot darker. A whole lot. And I need to see it. I need it in my life. This and Beetlejuice, the musical, which mm-hmm. is a thing now, and it makes me so happy. Oh, it was the only thing on the Tonys that I I enjoyed, almost. There, like the, This year's Tonys was kind of a snore for me, except for one or two things, and Beetlejuice was right up there. There you go. There you go. I need to see that, that The guy playing Beetlejuice is vocally inhuman. I don't understand. Wow. Just he doing this voice, and then he starts doing like Buble style things, and he goes back to the voice, and then he's he's running full force right around the stage the whole time. That's a lot of cardio. That's making me tired just hearing about it. It's exhausting, and you're you know like you do this for two and a half out three hours a a night. Can you talk the next day? Like he does it eight shows a week. (laughs) He sings about it. And lemon, I guess. Yeah. But so my TV in the in the new stage show. His mom is very visibly an alcoholic. Oh. And um, basically her song is essentially, I just spend all of my time taking care of my deadbeat husband and my kid, who all he wants to do is watch TV uh, and play play these violent video games, whatever. And, it, and she sings a song about basically how Mike TV is a budding serial killer. Mm, let's get down to it then. And all that other shit. So she's like, thrilled when he gets shrunk <laughs> thrilled she's like oh my god he's he'll be so much easier to take care of it'll be just like when he was a baby that uh, solved all of her problems well wow. regarding her kid regarding her kid not her deadbeat husband not, holy or her moses yeah i need to see this show i need to see this version of the show i need it if anyone can find me a copy i'm there i will i will offer sexual favors for that <laughs> um, but yeah, these kids are absolutely fucking nightmares, nightmares. And again, we're going to get into why this movie is fucking horror film. So as each winner is announced on TV, a man whispers to them sometimes on camera. Like I think Mike TV, while he was being interviewed, he was yeah. just trying to watch TV while his mom was talking and the guy was whispering. Yeah. His ear. Yeah. Um, Charlie opens two Wonka bars, one that was given to him for his birthday, the other that Grandpa Joe bought with his tobacco money, which was really Charlie's paper out money, but I guess we'll just gloss over the fact that a kid has to support his grandpa's smoking habit, right, Wikipedia? Um, But doesn't find a golden ticket in either. During school, his teacher tries to teach the class about percentages, and Charlie gets laughed at by the entire class for for only being able to afford two, so we get a taste of what it's like being poor in the public school system before we started calling out bullies for what they are. Shitty people all around him all around him all around him even the adults right 
Even the adults, everyone, everyone just has yep. it out for this kid. Everyone. Um, <clears throat> like, at best, they're apathetic. Right. At best. Including the, the candy store dude who's like, well, at least now I don't have to hide the fucking Wonka bars anymore. Ugh. A news report announces the fifth ticket was found by a millionaire casino owner in Paraguay, causing Charlie to lose hope. I mean, if you're that hung up on five tickets, out of Lord knows how many chocolate bars sold, you're bound to be disappointed. And this is where Cheer Up Charlie comes in. Such a sad song. Such a sad song. Um, the next day, Charlie finds some money in a gutter in the street because sewer money is always a blessing. Um, yeah, it, it is. It's free money. True. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uses it to buy a Wonka Scrumdiddlyumptious bar, which he snarls down like the actual starving child he is. And oddly, is the one thing he does not offer to share with his family, which he's entitled to, I suppose. Uh, with the change, he buys a regular Wonka bar for Grandpa Joe, since the shopkeeper doesn't have to hide them anymore. While walking home, Charlie hears people reading the newspapers, revealing that the Paraguayan millionaire created a fake ticket, that dick, and the last real one remains. Charlie opens the Wonka bar, and I'm stuck on pages. There we go. And finds the fifth golden ticket, quickly catching the attention of everyone around him and almost killing him in the crush of excited adults trying to get the, get at that little sliver of gold before his paper route boss rescues him and sends him home. The only so decent So there was human. one good adult. Yes, yeah. one good adult one besides good his adult. family. Right. Run, 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 run. Run home. Hide that thing with your life. Yeah. Ugh. While rushing home, he encounters the same man seen whispering to the other winners who introduces himself as Slugworth and offers a reward for the for a sample of Wonka's greatest latest creation, the everlasting gobstopper, all creepy like. Slugworth. Ugh. Returning home with the golden ticket, Charlie chooses Grandpa Joe, who, in all his excitement, manages to rise out of his bed for the first time in twenty years, not paying attention at all to the muscular atrophy that should have kept him from standing up, let alone taking an all-day walking tour as his chaperone because Mom has to work. The next day, Wonka greets the ticket winners with a lie. Like I said, this was the actual stipulation of Wilder taking the role, and leads him inside where each signs a contract before the tour. After trapping them in a tiny room and getting Grandpa Joe accused of sexual harassment, they make it to the factory. <laughs> All right, let's stop there. Because I do want to talk about Wilder uh, for a moment. Remember when I said the stipulation? Yep. The reason he did that was to deliberately cause mistrust. Mm-hmm. It was specifically to say, you will never know if I'm telling the truth. You will never know. So when Charlie asks him later, are those kids going to be okay? Hmm. Those kids aren't going to be okay. Hmm. (laughs) None of them are going to be okay. Those children are going to be made into candy and eaten, probably by the Oompa Loompas. Probably. I mean, what else do they eat? We don't know. Chocolate. Chocolate. I, I mean... And we're given co- given their hue, I would suggest well done steaks with ketchup and McDonald's. <laughs> oh, Trump fuckers! Oh, Jesus! Mm. So, all right. So yeah, literally every other person in this town, every person around Charlie, has it out for him. They don't even know him, and they have it out for him. They're just trying to crush him, getting at that ticket. You know, let me see the ticket. I'll buy it off of you. No. Let the kid have his ticket. You're literally going to steal that from a little boy. How immoral are you? Seriously. Everyone around him, except for his family, is just in it. Most of the planet, even. 
we're talking about this massive uh, just hysteria that's causing people to do stupid shit. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're showing those little bits and pieces where the robot says, I'm not going to do that. That'll be cheating. You know, the robot has a conscience. Uh, you've got the woman whose husband is being held for ransom. And, and they're like, we want your Wonka bar. She's like, how much time do I have to think about it? You know, and you've got just everyone rushing in and clearing the place out of these Wonka bars. And he can only afford what the four that he had the four. And he just kind of lucked into that last one. Yeah. I mean, plot luck. Uh, plot luck. Uh-huh. Huh. But anyway. three. Where's the fourth? Four. It's the fourth. Oh, because he bought one with change. There yeah. it is. He bought one with the change that he had from this Crumb Dealing. Yep. Part. So, you know, th- this poor kid who, I mean, in the remake, his name is in the fucking title. So it's his movie. And he, eventually, the luck is going to be his. But. Up until this point, it's been relatively realistic. You can suspend your disbelief in this enough to feel bad for Charlie. Mm-hmm. You know, and enough to feel that he might not get it. Because as a kid, I would watch this game. He's, he's not going to get that ticket. Right. He's not going to get that There's ticket. There's no fucking way. Right. Just <laughs> from a sheer odds standpoint. Yeah. Five tickets. And everyone is buying hundreds of bars to get them. Thousands. thousands. What's her face? In the the case of Veruca Salt. Yeah. Thousands. Having an entire factory peel open those candy bars to try and find them. I'm like, what did you, did you just buy the, the, the warehouse where they were kept? What the hell? dude? (laughs) Um, but yeah, just, and he finds that he, he, he rips off that first wrapper and he goes to kind of, slowly peel the second one and you're like there you're there with it oh yeah i even now even yesterday as an adult i know what's ha- what happens and i'm just like oh we gotta get the ticket oh, <laughs> i'm so happy this movie makes me happy even as melancholy as it is even as um pointing out the plight of the poor that it is even as extreme an example as they are um this poor besodden child just you know everybody's dumping on him just constantly he's constantly having the world rain on his fucking parade even the even the sky is gray where he lives Mm -hmm. it does you don't see the sun until the end you know um this poor guy and now he's got this little flash of luck this little piece it's it's glorious and every time I watch it, I'm just I might just like the swelling of the place where my heart used to be, you know, <laughs> it's this great little thing. Um, I realize I realize I am talking a lot. Please jump in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's it's um, the iPhone craze. It's Black Friday shopping. Mm-hmm. It is putting a deep, very discerning eye on consumerism and capitalism and the state of the state of people's moral ambiguity at that in that phase cabbage patch dolls dolls. oh my god tickle me elmo my grandmother got punched in the face trying to get a cabbage patch doll oh nuts people go crazy for this shit 
people die during Black Friday. Mm-hmm. They do. Why? Why? So you can get a $20 flat screen. Right. Shop online. That's what I do. Yeah. That's e- I- Even though... I have some rage issues, and I feel like Black Friday would become an Olympic sport for me. It really would. I would. <laughs> because, spoiler alert, I'm large. <laughs> and surprisingly strong. <laughs> uh, we're continuing now. <laughs> yes, we're finally at the factory. We are finally at the factory. The factory includes a fantasy candy land with a river of chocolate, edible mushrooms, gummy bears, candy canes, chocolate. Uh, chocolate. Um, I also appreciate edible mushrooms. Yeah. Um, oh, because oh, oh, oh. mushrooms such a donor audience for are very edible usually unless you pick them. Hard disagree. They're, I do love not like mushrooms. Some mushrooms. I'm not a fan of mushrooms unless they're that kind of mushroom. And then you bake them on a pizza and then you've got a whole psychedelic pizza. Well, the, <laughs> like those mushrooms are also a, a joyous occasion. But and they're good for depression. They are very good for depression. And cluster headaches. Yep. yep. Thank you, psilocybin. We love you. Um, I, but otherwise, I'm not necessarily a fan of mushrooms. I've been getting better with them. But like your typical button mushroom. Like, I'll get, like, get I, them out of a can. No, I'm done. I have mushrooms I on a burrito today. That's how much I love mushrooms. Mm-hmm. It's cool. You can have mine. <laughs> you can have I, I, I will you can have my olives or he can i don't know i don't like olives either let's take the world's bitter i like black olives i don't like green, green still I, I love all olives you you can have those too black olives matter. please let's take the world's bitterest fucking fruit bitter to the point where we thought it was poisonous pickle it and then make sure that everyone wants to eat it no fuck you and then putting it in meat fuck you pimento loaf you're not real meat yeah that that is gross <laughs> bacon and green olive pizza from donato's all day. No. Truth. Anyway. My yeah. favorite. My uh, favorite. Uh, hard pass. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Blame my mom. She did it. So gummy bears, candy canes, chocolate, and more sweets. And then we're treated to Wilder's iconic, somewhat bittersweet rendition of pure imagination. He seems so sad. He does. Because he knows that none of the kids are going to fucking get it. Layers of an onion. That yeah. is Gene Wilder. Right. Uh, as, as the visitors sample these, they see Wonka's workers, small men known as Oompa Loompas, whom, which he has imported from Loompa Land, and brings to us the questions, are they getting paid? Are they slaves? Are they being treated fairly? And are their living conditions optimal, seeing as how they live in a goddamn factory? Does he even know what OSHA is? Did OSHA exist? At that point, I believe, yes. I think it did. I'm not sure. I uh, think OSHA came out Someone pull out, out your 60s. phone and look up the history of OSHA while I continue. Uh, Augustus, like a dumbass, falls into the chocolate river trying to eat it, not really caring about food safety guidelines and deliberately not stopping when Wonka tells him to, effectively causing literally millions of dollars in damage as he contaminates an entire fucking river and is sucked up in a pipe to the fudge room while the Oompa Loompas sings slightly bully-like yet truthful adorableness about how he's a fucking glutton. Help. Police. Murder. (laughs) We never see him or his mother again. Yes, go ahead. You are technically correct. Okay. Because OSHA was signed into law December 29th, 1970. Oh! So it was in fact. It was. 1971, it was. Oh! By two days. (laughs) (laughs) But no, seriously. Help him, you have to help him. 
Oh, um, of course. Help. help police, police. Murder. murder. Gene fucking Wilder. Oh my god. <laughs> Just the snark. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Just and this is why that meme exists with just oh, yeah. going. Tell me more. Yeah, you know it's that because that is exactly the attitude he has with these parents. You know they're like, you have to do something. Why didn't you do something to begin with, lady? Because he's your child. <laughs> you could have prevented all of this by not raising a shit lord. You could have. You could have also prevented it by reading the contract, which he deliberately made unreadable. I think. I think he did. I think he did too. Um. But it's also one of those, you know, oh the librarian God, thinks he knows fae. he is. Or he's a wizard. Either way, you know, he's got the little half office thing and the half magnifying glass that he's reading shit yeah. through and the half contract that apparently has everything on it that he can read. I'm like, yeah, he, he's a wizard. He's a wizard. You're a wizard, Willie. <laughs> All right. You just really wanted to say that. I did. You? You're a wizard, Willie. Um... Afterwards, after after Augustus is sucked up the pipe to the fudge room, where he's promptly made into fudge. I'm sorry, a child was again, and his mother never seen again. They were made into fudge. Point, like five on the horror movie scale here. Afterwards, Wonka takes the remaining guests on a surreal boat ride, the one I mentioned before, where Wonka sings the mono rhyme with many words that rhyme with owing. There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing or which way the river's flowing. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane blowing? Not a speck of light is showing. This is where it really starts to break apart. Are the fires of hell are glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? (laughs) Yes, the danger must be growing for the rowers keep on rowing. Ah, ah, Paige, damn it. Ah. And they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing. Ah. And there's millipedes on the wall. And, uh, yeah. And, like, knee surgeries or some shit. The the horrifying projections. (laughs) Yes. That should freak your shit out. The horrifying shit on the psychedelic wall. Oh my god, that was the epitome of a bad trip. I'm pretty sure that once the VCR was invented, people on LSD just like memorized where the fast forward button was. <laughs> so they didn't have to watch that shit. Oh my god, that horrifying. Horrifying. Every time. I mean, it's not quite I mean, as an adult, it's not as horrifying because I know it's there. But it's, it's still, still horrifying. It's still, yeah. It's it, still so unsettling to me. It's unsettling because this is a children's movie and you should not I be still don't this like image. watching it. Oh yeah. So there's there is a I guess it's technically a rumor because mm-hmm. I don't know that it is confirmed okay. about this scene mm-hmm. that Gene was the only one who knew that who oh, knew I what was going this. to happen. That, that is quite possibly true. And that yeah, just none of the other actors knew, so it was a surprise to them. So it so those reactions were real, I'm sure. Oh, oh for certain. Yeah, uh, be, uh, much like, you know, Steve Martin and, and Bill Murray in Little Shop with yeah. that improv. Just wow. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it because Gene Wilder was he was wily that way. He was he liked his method acting. Oh that yeah. One. So, but yeah, that scene is always fucking freaky. 
Always. And it deserves its spot. It That, and I'm sorry, I don't think this made it, but it should have. When we're talking about the shit in children's movies, that's scary. Let's, let's take a minute to specifically call out Disney here, because there's a couple. Mm. Right. We're talking about this scene, which is not Disney, but still completely frightening for a child. Pink Elephants on Parade. Yeah. Always freaked my shit out from Dumbo. The transformation of the evil queen in Snow White. Mm. Always freaky. And the transformation of Lampwick in Pinocchio. That went on a little too long. You know what kid is considered a kid's movie that truly traumatized me hmm. was Willow. Oh, yeah. The people turning into pigs. Mm-hmm. I I can't watch it to this day. Yeah, I didn't know that Willow was considered a kids movie. It, it's it, family, family, fantasy. yeah, family fair. Okay, yeah. Yeah. you know, no. like in the never ending story kind of category. Yeah, which um, also horrifying. horrifying. Oh my god, the horse. Yeah. Oh fucking Artax. And, the, the horse and the thing that like that scares me to this day the is from the never ending story. It's the wolf. Mm-hmm. The wolf. And I I've brought it up. I brought it up at work. I don't remember why we were talking about it. It's probably not important. I brought it up at work and everyone was like, I don't remember the thing you're talking about. And I was like, the fucking terrifying wolf? Yes. Are you kidding me? It was like the epitome of the, like, it was the embodiment of the nothing, wasn't it? Yeah. No. Or was it just at that point? Them? At that point, kind of was. Okay. His, his story, the story behind the wolf, because I ended up looking it up. Right. So I've like, actually read the never ending story. Uh, the lore behind the wolf is way more terrifying than it even shows in that movie. Like I was reading it and I just went, oh, Oh, oh no. Yeah, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> well, and um uh all dogs go to heaven. Oh, okay. That one just made me sad. Um mm. it it terrified I I dated a guy and he had a five year old and he thought, I'm gonna show her all dogs go to heaven. And about fifteen minutes after he sent me that text, I got another text. This was a massive mistake. Mm-hmm. Because the premise of the movie is, hey, watch this dog die. Yeah, she yeah. <laughs> she has she dissolved into tears, screamed, ran out of the room, and locked herself mm-hmm. in the bedroom, and she won't come out because she mm-hmm. was so terrified and she was so freaked out. Mm-hmm. Maleficent turning into a dragon. Oh, I always thought that was so beautiful. I, I thought um, it was beautiful, but it was also scary. It was again that movie that I saw it, just before. Uh, I saw from Fantasia, really? though. What's him call it? Uh, oh, Mountain, Night on Bald Mountain. Sc- Ball, yeah, Night on Bald Mountain. Night, that not, used to Night on Disco me. Mountain does exist and it's amazing. But Night on Bald Mountain uh, with uh, I, 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 the name of the, yeah. Chernabog. There we go. Yes, that's, that that terrified me as a kid. That's Russian folklore. Yeah, it was. He's actually not business. He does not show up in American Gods. You're dealing with his brother in American Gods. Yes. Yes. The other thing that people don't really talk about, mm-hmm. which was Disney, it was mm-hmm. in Disney's weird period. Yeah. It's the creepy witch from the Sword in the Stone. <gasps> Madame Mim. Oh, I love Mad Madame Mim. Well, in the whole movie, the I'm Black mad, Cauldron. Mad, 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 also, yes. Mad, the whole, the whole movie. movie. Of the Black Cauldron. The Black Cauldron was not meant for kids. It was not a children's movie. It was meant for an older audience. They didn't want little kids to see it. They wanted to be a little more adult with it. And it's based on um, 
I forget the name of the books. They're actually pretty good, but it is about a magic pig. Hmm. There's a series of them. Um, there was supposed to be a sequel, which I'd, I'd heard that they were going to work on, but uh, that was, it was also creepy, but it was meant to be. That was also, yeah. that was de- them specifically dipping a toe in horror. So was the legend of sleepy hollow. Oh, I couldn't yeah. watch that one all the way through until I was like 12. I couldn't. That one is absolutely horror and it's meant to be horror and it's Disney being Legends horrific and it's wonderful. The Watcher in the Woods. Watcher in the Woods. Yep. Um, Something Wicked This Way Comes, also Disney. I did not remember that that was Disney, yep. but as we have talked about, I think it was before you were on the show, that was the movie that got me into horror. Yeah. Was Something Wicked This Way Comes. Oh. I watched it as a little kid and I could never remember the name. I was like, show me the scary, the scary circus movie. Yeah. Um, another old doll, the witches. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, the transformation of a gel. I was. I still. I have a hard time watching that movie. I was oh, okay watching her turn into a witch, I, peeling her skin off. I had read the book first, mm-hmm. which helped. Like yeah. uh, having rewatched it now, have it, and also, um, it had been a very long time since I read the book. I was like, huh, this is creepier than I remember. It being. I want crazy soup. <laughs> Oh, so many movies that just people think are innocuous. And for the most part, for the most part, kind of are. Mm -hmm. Because it's not horror like we think of it now. It's not things like, it's not gore like Saw. It's not whatever it is that people see in The Conjuring when they're not bored somehow. Mm -hmm. It's not... Yeah, but yeah. but still, people most often when they're asked about scary things in movies, they they think they they saw as kids, particularly adults, uh, because not a lot of, of kids now have probably seen Pinocchio. But probably not the number one scariest fe- scene in films meant for children is considered to be the the transformation of Lampwick from Lampwick into into a donkey. Yeah, because not only did that scene just take about a minute too long. It was very long. It was very long. But it was also the sounds mm-hmm. that Lampwick was making and then changing into that braying of a donkey. It was Which was super well done. It was incredibly well done. But that's for, kind of the problem. I know. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so realistic. Yeah. And and people do process sound when they think of horror because you're thinking screams, you're thinking, you know, the those tiny noises that, that horrify you. Uh-oh. Oh, no. The shoe in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh. I can't watch that I movie. I can't watch. I, no, I, I have that shoe. movie memorized. Oh. There's the transformation oh into the weird half-man, half-cartoon. <laughs> but the shoe in the dip. Mm-hmm. I genuinely have to mute the TV and close my mm-hmm. eyes. And I have to... Ca- I will miss... A solid two, three minutes of the movie because I still can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the noises yep. that that shoe makes. Mm-hmm. That poor, this, I never thought honking like a squeaky, oh, yeah. squeak God, toy I'm having would a real be, hard time right now. Oh no. The, oh, yeah, the, the, the villain. Oh, she's pulling up her hood. <laughs> the villain. Oh, like, Judge in, Doom. Yeah. In, in my head, when I think of like the scariest I looking person. Like it's always him it has been him since i was a kid oh it's, no it's the it's the eyes mm-hmm. it's the weird like 
super blonde bob tuft of hair. Yep. It's it's <laughs> the it's the screeching voice. It's always him. And then it's eyes his his eyes literally turning into daggers yes. at one point. Oh, ju- he was the worst villain. He absolutely was. I hated Judge Doom. What you looking at, sweetie? Are, are we too excited? Oh, the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's my oh, husband. So oh, when I yeah. when I watched that as a kid, I think I was too dumb because I didn't understand what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, "Oh, weird. He's in a cage thing now. Oh, now he's out. Hooray!" Yeah, the child and catcher. like I was too dumb to actually understand what was happening. Mm-hmm. Oh man, but yeah, yeah, the child catcher also a big one. But we. Uh, we can discuss this a little bit more later. We should get on to the plot. Probably. But yeah, we, there are there are seriously a ton of movies that are that are made for children that are legitimately traumatizing. <laughs> we need to talk about. Fuck. So. Uh, uh, I need on a to drink. lickable wallpaper. Yeah. I Wait, need no, a drink right now. We're not uh, there that's yet. A, that's a paragraph um, I had. It is a paragraph I had. But we are eventually led to the inventing room where everyone receives an everlasting gobstopper. And of course, they're getting all of the questions from Mike TV and Violet Beauregard and, and, and Veruca Salt about how, why, what, can we have another one? May I have two? Because they all want to give it to Slugworth and they still want their own. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. Plot points, kids. Plot. But in the course of this, Violet, like a dumbass, Becomes a large blueberry after chewing an experimental gum because, oh my god, gum! Containing a three-course meal over Wonka's granted not-too-strident warnings and must be squeezed before she explodes. Violet, you're turning violet, Violet! She's rolled out of the room to be viciously tortured as the Oompa Loompa sings slightly bullying adorableness about how she's rude as fuck and should probably ri- get rid of the gum before TMJ sets in permanently. She and her father are never seen again. That gum sounds disgusting. It really does. I don't want beef-flavored gum. I don't want tomato soup sliding down my throat. No. If I'm I chewing do. gum. I no, love tomato not if soup. I'm chewing gum. No. I don't I want... don't just like want my saliva to start tasting like tomato oh, soup and roast God. beef. Oh god. But it's also like it was meant to actually be a meal. Yeah. It was meant for starving children. So Like Charlie. <laughs> like Charlie. Yeah, and also Everlasting Gobstopper meant for kids like Charlie who couldn't afford a lot of candy. Right. So Willy Wonka is a fucking wizard, and he's trying to help people. You have a if, link, even if way. he's creepy about it. It's Thank a you. it's it's a long thing. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I saw it. Yay! <laughs> that's fine. It's getting posted anyway. <laughs> it'll be on the website, kids. We can all enjoy Willy Wonka being a wizard. Um. So all right, but yeah, it Willy Wonka is altruistic. He's just creepy about it. Mm. So, because he's, he's, he's very, Willy Wonka's a fucking Hufflepuff. I'm sorry. He's kind of this cross between a Hufflepuff and a Ravenclaw. Really? More Hufflepuff. I think he's a, I think he's a Slitherpuff. A Slitherpuff? Well, oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, he is kind of cunning. Yeah, he's really cunning. Like, I think he's, he's Slitherpuff. He, I think I he's main Slytherin. Slytherin. Yeah, Slitherpuff. Mm, yeah, okay. I can see it. But I also see that childlike. That very yeah. that very Luna Lovegood quality to him, especially how Wilder played him, and yeah. even more in how Depp played him. Depp very much played him like Michael Jackson, and I'm sorry that he tried to deny that it wasn't even a thing. That was Michael Jackson. That was one hundred percent that. Yes, all the way. Don't even deny it, Depp. 
you weird-ass motherfucker. Um, the remaining group samples some lickable wallpaper, which contains the best in-joke. The Snozberries is a joke about testicles in reference to his lawyers. Really? The Snozberries taste like Snozberries. is basically him saying, lick my balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Didn't yeah. know that. Fun stuff. Uh, and then they reach the fizzy lifting drinks room, where Charlie and Grandpa ignore Wonka's warning and sample the drinks. They float and have a near-fatal encounter with an exhaust fan before burping back to the ground. Oddly, no Oompa Loompas, but that's probably because Wonka didn't outright catch them before they saved themselves. In the Golden Eggs Room, which is a departure from the book, as the book had the Nut Room and the, and the Squirrels, as we saw in the remake, uh, Veruca, like a dumbass, gets her own damn song in the form of a tantrum and demands a golden goose for herself before falling into a garbage chute because she's a bad egg, which leads to the furnace with her father falling in trying to rescue her while the Oompa Loompas sing slightly bullying adorableness about how this is really the parents' fault, but, but she's still a selfish, spoiled brat. She and her father are never seen again. All right, let's stop there. So, Violet. Violet is competitive, but she's not nearly as bratty as the rest, other than just, like, ignoring Wonka, who's saying, don't chew that. We're not, it's not safe. Mm-hmm. She's reckless, yes. is what she is. She's not necessarily bad, but she's not good either. But she is fucking reckless. And she'll do, she's the kid that'll do shit on a dare. She's the one that... She's the kid that will dare herself to do shit so that she can say that she did it on a dare. Right. She's me. (laughs) (laughs) She's the one who'll go to Japan and eat raw horse. That's... Yeah. I would totally try horse sashimi. True. It is delicious. But... No comment. (laughs) Are you a My Little Pony fan? Oh, wait. We were talking about Violet. Because dumbass. Um, No, I... When someone tells you to stop fucking doing something, stop doing it. None of these kids Especially ever when they're like, it isn't safe. Yeah, it is not safe. You're going to hurt yourself. So this... There it is. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. Wasn't the ring, though. Wasn't it wasn't the ring. the ring. It's the other hand. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, all of these instances are like... You know, just the life lessons. This is Goofus and Gallant writ large. You know, this is that picture that I saw of a dude trying to do like a squat with barbells on a fucking exercise ball. Oh, yeah. Dumbass. Don't. Don't fucking do that shit. You're going to kill yourself. Um, And then the fizzy lifting drinks. Yeah, they tried it. And no, nobody wasn't. Nobody was watching them. So... I guess just the fact that they survived means, you know, default. They didn't need the Oompa called, I guess. But if they actually lost the contest at that point, I'm surprised that Wonka didn't have them walked out. Yeah. But he didn't, they, they didn't lose the contest. The The contest was all about the Gobstopper, not necessarily about... Not necessarily about trying the candy. But yeah. yeah. Not I'm following pretty, the rules within the, the place. Yeah. I, I'm sure that, I'm sure that he did, uh... uh uh, really, in a candy factory like that, if it's only five of them, they're going to encourage that. Not necessarily just reaching off the line. Right. But they're going to encourage try, trying stuff. However, he, he they also said, this isn't safe. And he and Grandpa Joe both did it. And, and I, in that kid, in that case, Grandpa did it too. I would, I would also point out, 
that this is the one case where um of of the kids where had they uh not you know belched their way to freedom they would have died they would have like straight up died yeah. like this isn't a oh we can imply that they might be okay even though you don't see them again right no they would have gotten bisected by an exhaust fan mm-hmm. yeah so they would have straight up fucking died had they not figured out oh burp so all right so this does not give me confidence that these other children are still alive no regardless of what Willy Wonka says. Because Charlie straight up asks him. Yeah. Are the other kids okay? And he's like. Oh I'm sure they will be. We don't believe you Wonka. No. We don't believe you at all. Um, so. We already did Veruca. Uh, let's talk about Veruca. Fucking Veruca. We kind of already did. She gets her own goddamn song. Yeah. She gets her own goddamn song. She's the only child that does. And this is because she's a spoiled fucking brat. Now, in, in the show, in, in the, the stage show that's been going on in London. Oh, we were going to talk about that. We already talked about Violet. And we already talked about Mike. And we already talked about Augustus a little bit. We haven't talked about Mike yet. Well, we talked about Mike a little bit. A little bit. Uh, but we haven't yeah. gotten to Mike's Well, not in the movie. Yet. Right. Not in the movie. But we didn't talk about Veruca in the stage show. Which, again, I really want to see. In the stage show? <laughs> it's the squirrels again? Mm-hmm. She does. It's called Veruca's Nutcracker. Oh my god! And it's the it's the Oompa Loompas singing a ballet because she shows up in this pink sparkly tutu and she's this spoiled little pink pink princess rich girl. She does a ballet with the squirrels, who determine she's a bad nut and tear her apart. <laughs> what? And Wonka's like, we can put her back together. She'll be uh-huh. Ah! These kids do not survive. These kids do not survive. She's in the incinerator now. Her and her father, they were torched to death. They're gone. Well, it, it might be shut off. It, it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually Thursday. But, all right. So, no, no, these kids do not fucking survive. After a messy cart ride on the Wonka mobile, the rest of the group tests out Wonka's Wonka vision, used to teleport chocolate bars. Again, to people who maybe don't have a lot of money. He's giving away candy. Here, have a sample of chocolate that comes through your television. Awesome, right? I want it. If you can beam me food through my TV, I'm there. I will wally my way through life. (laughs) Beam me fucking food. Um, And Mike, like a dumbass, also teleports himself, becoming only a few inches tall, requiring that he he be brought to the taffy pulling machine to be stretched out. The Oompa sing him out with a slightly bullying, with slightly bullying adorableness in regards to watching too much television, in, to which I say, how dare you slander my babysitter so? Have at thee! <laughs> um, only not really, but pretty sure I'd have a better relationship with my family if most of my child hadn't been spent in front of the boob tube. Uh, he and his mother are never seen again. Uh, as the tour ends, Charlie, the only visitor left, asks about the fate of the other four kids, and Wonka assures him that they will be restored to normal fucking lies. Remember why Wilder wanted to make his entrance the way he did uh, and retreats to his office without awarding them the promised lifetime supply of chocolate. Grandpa Joe and Charlie enter his office to ask about this and Wonka furiously informs them that by stealing the fizzy lifting drinks, they violated the contract Charlie signed with a whole lot of fucking random legalese, uh, thereby forfeiting their prize, and he dismisses them. 
Infuriated, Grandpa Joe suggests to Charlie that he should give Slugworth the gobstopper in revenge, but Charlie can't bring himself to do it. Such a good boy, so used to disappointment. Uh, and returns the candy to Wonka. With the selfless act, Wonka declares Charlie is the winner. He reveals that Slugworth is actually his employee, Mr. Wilkinson, and the offer to buy the gobstopper was a morality test that only Charlie passed. You aren't my parents, you psycho glitter bitch! Uh, have you seen that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mad TV ending to Wither Up. Love it. Um, the trio enter the, enter the Wonka Vader, a multi-directional glass elevator that flies out of the factory. Soaring over the city, Wonka reveals that his actual prize is the factory. Wonka created the contest to find an heir worthy enough, and so Charlie and his family can immediately move in and providing the gift of fucking responsibility. The end. Oh my god. None of those kids lived! None of them lived. So, no, this... Again, going back to the fact that even movies that are not considered horror movies can be horrific. Mm -hmm. Horrific. This is essentially Baby's First Slasher. This is children exhibiting moral failings getting punished, which is exactly what slashers are. In fact... Slashers do that to the point where people are a lot of people are convinced that slashers are made by the Christian right as morality plays. <laughs> they really are. It's fucking hilarious. Oh my really god, funny. they're having sex and drugs and playing rock and roll and blah blah blah. They need to die. And oh no, the pure virginal over here, the one who doesn't have sex and does drugs, she can survive. It's fine. It's fine. Um so no, this 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 really, when you're watching it, is seriously babies for a slasher. I can't think of it as anything else. I can't. Thoughts? You get nothing! <laughs> good day, sir! <laughs> I said good day! <laughs> this is kind of a berry, by the way. <laughs> so, Stephanie brought me this, this lovely Gatorade frost that I had not tried before. It's kind of a, a cooling berry. It's wonderful. So, because electrolytes. <laughs> Bob needs electrolytes. Mm. But no. I like the fact that people will play on the fact that kids like to be scared. Mm -hmm. Kids adore being scared. Even... Some of us just don't really grow out of it. Right. Some of us don't. <laughs> Some of us don't. Um, fear teaches us. Fear teaches us what to be afraid of. You know, fear teaches us um, how to deal with being afraid. You know, how to deal with crisis and stress and, and things of that nature. And again, some of us just don't really grow out of that. It teaches us morality, like you said. It does. It absolutely does. Um, and in this case, you know, even though this is definitely by most people's standards, not a horror movie. It is mm -hmm. still mine. In, in my eyes, this is a horror film. Because... You don't know if these kids survived or not. There's there's no like, you know, standard horror movie room of corpses at the right. end showing everyone. But you don't see them again. You, uh, there's no reason to believe, considering that Willy Wonka came out with a lie and introduced himself with a lie, to believe him when he says they're going to be okay. There's no reason to believe that at all. So... I'm okay with classifying this as a horror movie. 
Um, I know it's weird. And it's, there are things that I'll classify horror that other people won't Mm -hmm. like the psychological thriller. Take for example, fatal attraction or single white female. Those are still horror. The psychological thriller is still a horror Uh, or it's a, it's a horror subgenre. It may or may not be gory. It may or may not be ultra violent, but it's still playing with your head in terms of fear. It's still eliciting that fear response. This movie, as whimsical as it is, you know, and it's it's dealing with it, it it's dealing with candy. It is horror in the daylight. Mm. Okay. It's it's candy it's a candy colored nightmare. A candy coated razor blade. It is. Well. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, this, that's one of the reasons that I chose the name of the of this show because I, I like the idea of that. Mm-hmm. I, I the yeah you know, one was the, the urban legend, you know, right? The, the, the razor blades in, in Halloween candy, but but also because of the idea of this, you've got this this brightly colored nightmare that's happening. Um, I think it, this is an excellent fucking movie, and it always will be. It's it's it, I mean maybe it you know didn't do so well at the box office but it's still a friggin' hit. You know, what are you guys thoughts? Oh, I think it's one of the greatest movies ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean the, like there's not outside of funny trivia and and related tangent stories and some jokes. <laughs> like there's just I feel like there's not a whole lot to say about I know. it. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I do. Uh, because this is such a classic. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like when we were talking about The Shining. Like, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen this, you've seen it. You have. Right. There's no fucking lying. Like, we can so. point out some things that you may not have noticed because it's been a while. Right. Like, the five pounds of fruit cocktail. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> That fucking can of fruit cocktail. God damn it. Another brightly colored nightmare. The Doctor Sleep trailer, by the way, looks tits. It does actually look really good. Oh yeah. my god! Speaking of The Shining, have you seen it yet? Uh, yeah, it I, came out today. Did I? I might have shared it on the page, uh, but yeah, the Doctor Sleep trailer came out, and it is the sequel to The Shining. It's got Ewan McGregor in it. Oh, and he's Danny, Danny. Oh. grown up. Yeah, mm-hmm. Danny Torrance is Doctor Sleep. If you haven't read the book, read it. I haven't. It's good. It's good stuff. It's it, it's actually one of Stephen King's better books in recently. It actually even ends well, which is a shocker for me. I'm yeah. Like, Did you have your kid? Because usually like it's like aliens, and then the book is over. And right. It's like wait. <laughs> <laughs> or or aliens, and then a hundred pages about riding a fucking bicycle. <laughs> God damn it! It you should have left. Cut it off when they had left the sewer. That's where you should have ended it. But no, seriously. Um, I don't care if you don't think this is a horror movie because this is my fucking podcast. <laughs> but. It's a horror movie. It absolutely 100% is, even though it's wrapped up in candy and whimsy and Gene Wilder singing lovely melancholy songs. Mm. It is. It's it, it's basically the first horror musical, movie-wise. Yeah. In, in my eyes. Sure. So, are we ready for ratings? For sure. I think so. Okay, because you guys have been super quiet and I've just been babbling for two hours. <laughs> about this movie <laughs> i mean i know what do you want us to say i know <laughs> i know uh so i think i've said it all i really have i i will always love this movie i will always love the fact that it is a horror movie 
you know, and, and I will always try to convince others that it is. And uh, just so that you guys are aware, I'm not actually going to post anything about this episode until it comes out. Okay. <laughs> so keep this fucking under your lids. Okay. I want people to be surprised by this episode because it's going to come out while I'm in Malaysia. So <laughs> I need shit to read. <laughs> so I want people to like just be emailing me going, what the fuck are you thinking? Um, but no, I truly do think this is a horror movie. I truly, truly do think that this is something we should have been reviewing. So, but it's also a classic and it's a classic that I love. Is it perfect? No. But is it iconic? 100%. It is as, as iconic a movie to me as The Shining. You know, as fucking Close Encounters is to sci-fi. Um, as, you know, Lost in Space is to television. It, it is one of those iconic things that everyone knows and everyone should know. I think that everyone should be exposed to this movie. It is absolutely wonder, I, wonderful I, I, and full of wonder as well. Sure. <laughs> um, I will always give this movie five out of five Everlasting Gobstoppers. <laughs> like I mentioned, there's just... This movie is one of those things where it's almost hard to talk about because it is... Because it is so iconic. Because everyone knows it. Because it has like seeped into our unconscious and just continues to live on there. Um, as a kid, I love this movie as an adult. I love this movie because I'm a part of fucking everybody. Like mm-hmm. I, there are people and even times in my life where I'm like, I've been watching it like too often recently. I want to go like watch something else. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the love for this movie is still very much there. The love for the parodies is still very much there. Um, this is the perfect definition in that sense of a classic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I give it five out of five delicious marshmallow fluff mushrooms. <laughs> oh, those mushrooms. <laughs> um, okay. So, well, anyway. Um, you know, the this... This movie is one of my favorites. Like I said, I didn't even rewatch it for the podcast because I know it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like you, like everything Bob said, honestly, I mean, it's not a perfect movie. Like I, like we were saying, you know, the time before the factory can feel very long, mm-hmm. but it's still something that I think every person should see. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I know anyone in, who doesn't like it. If, if, if they, if, if it's not one of their favorites, there's still parts of it that they'll, oh, but that, you know, yeah. that was great. You I know? know people that are older than me that didn't necessarily care for it. Like, uh, like my uncle, um, I think my uncle Tom didn't care for it, but he was also older when it came out. I think, well, no, he was like six when it came out. What am I thinking? I'm trying to think. I do know a few people that don't like it, but they were like in their teens mm-hmm. when it came out. And it didn't really affect them the way it did right. uh, a lot of younger kids. Uh, and But now, you know, since it's come out, because it's seen by kids, yeah, everyone has that experience as a child. Yeah. At least in America, mm-hmm. potentially a lot of Europe. But, um, but yeah, it's just kind of hit our cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, it it will live on forever and always. You know, there's 
you can buy a Wonka bar that looks like the one from the movie mm-hmm. at specialty candy candy shops. You can buy Everlasting Gobstoppers. Willy Wonka is still a brand. Willy Wonka uh-huh. is still a brand. You know, it it will forever live on. And I think part of it is because it does hit real parts in you mm-hmm. and does hook it hook in and and make an impact. You know, they, it puts a footprint on your soul mm-hmm. in a way that makes you rethink maybe being a, an asshole. Yeah. Um, and I know I know that it will pop into my head at random moments you know, like on the on the weekly at least. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was trying to look up was the guy that wrote Pure Imagination worked on another horror movie, and I can't remember the name of the horror movie. Um, hmm. He he helped write it, and it wasn't a great horror movie, but you know it it has it has its roots in horror mm-hmm. in a way that the really good kid movies do. Yeah. You need to have that that brain cracking mm-hmm. for the kids. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. You need to have that dying squeaky shoe. And so um, I had to bring it back because <laughs> 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 yeah, it's still with me. Oh, it's still well, with me, I mean, and I will probably have horrible dreams tonight <laughs> about shoes and. And people turning into pigs. Rest in peace, squeaky shoe. And, you know, just all, all sorts of terrible things from my childhood that scarred me that still fuck with my head as a 36-year-old. That being said, I'm going to give this movie four and a half because just the, the length at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Four and a half out of five... Uh, whipped cream mushrooms you both said basically the same thing what what did you say oh no okay well then let me f- oh i know four and a half out of five edible teacups there you go sure those little dandelion all uh, day so teacups. good i wanted that so bad oh. i still oh. want that so bad are you kidding oh. <laughs> if i was any better at sugar work you know that i would just tell like i have those all the time <laughs> I just, time. I imagine whatever he's drinking out of it to be like butterbeer flavored. Well, he, I just, oh. He made butterscotch, butter gin, butter whiskey. Why yeah. not butterbeer? Uh, just, just like a, a buttery, caramely goodness. Shit. I'm telling you, read the thing. You'll be, you'll be giddier than you are now. Oh my God, yay. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's where I stand. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Now, uh, just remember, kids. Always watch your watch your kids' movies before your kids do, because there's gonna be shit in in them that's going to traumatize them. And the reason they put the fucking rating system on there is to make you do your goddamn job as a parent. Watch your kids' movies before they do. Make sure there's not gonna be anything that gives them nightmares. If you want to give them nightmares and teach them a lesson, go for it. Because I'm perfectly okay with scaring a kid. They like to be scared, but. You know, don't necessarily do that as punishment because that's just weird and wrong. Um, And mildly abusive. Uh, Mildly. mildly. (laughs) Don't like, like my fucking father, don't run around with a fucking werewolf mask just because you can be an ass. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but no, seriously, I, I, I truly believe in allowing kids to be scared. 
because they they need it it's part of their learning it's part of what they need to grow up um just don't you know don't like start them out at three with fucking jaws like my parents did on accident and we've just gone completely off on a tangent on that note if you need to contact us Write us at Bob at email Bob at email dot com. Bob at candycodedrazor.com. You can catch us on the web at candycodedrazor.com. You can catch us on Facebook by looking for Candy Coded Razor Blades. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash candycodedrazor. Um you can find us on Instagram at CCRB underscore podcast. And don't fucking go to the Twitter. We don't use it anymore. <laughs> I'm RC, and you can come chat with me in our Discord. Come talk to me about the movies that terrified you as a child. We can share stories, and I'm sure that at some point, one of you will bring up something that I've buried. <laughs> Deep in his soul. Like the shoe. Like the oh, shoe. The shoe. Poor shoe. But yeah, we can trade stories. It'll be fun. Be traumatized together. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Shared trauma is lessened. <laughs> and you can find me pretty much searching for Stephanie Hayslip, as in hay. Oh, don't slip on the hay. Um, or Night Pet with a Y instead of an I. I write for fangirlnation.com. And if you are in Columbus, I'm going to be running around Pride this weekend, uh, probably looking like a complete idiot. So uh, if you hear someone screaming, Stephanie, stop doing that, um, <laughs> see if it's me. It might be. I'll, I'll be in the parade and everything. Uh, we're going to be out of town this weekend. Damn it. I'm, I'm going to get to see Nina West, Adora Delano, Alyssa Edwards, and Sharon Needles tomorrow night. Oh. And then I'm doing the Pride March with Pernage on Please Saturday morning. Please get me morning. Adore and Sharon If I can. My my partner wants to wants me to try and upgrade to the meet and greet tickets, and they're so expensive. They are. They're like 65 bucks a piece. They're, they're like 150 Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah. Oh. But you get you get the VIP seating and the hors d'oeuvres, and you get like a free oh. shot. And, da, 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 da. and it is four queens. Yeah. I think it's just going to be kind of a group situation mm. up in yeah, the... Probably. Yeah, up on the second level. Well, so, nice, but yeah, I don't got $300 just drop like that. Oh, I know, I don't. <laughs> I'm four hundred dollars in the So anyway, now that you know my horrible financial situation, <laughs> please hit up the Patreon and bye. 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 <laughs>